Welcome to More Than Movies. I'm Ivana. And I'm Jay. Today we're back with an all new season. And we're kicking it off with a top 10 turf war. It's time for a top 10 turf war. Ivana, we are in season five. Can you believe there are five seasons of this show already? I cannot believe it, which means that we've been making a podcast for probably like a total of seven or eight seasons because we had a show before this one. I know. I know. And I mean, maybe you listened to our last podcast, but at least seven years, I think. We have been making podcasts. I think. Something like that. Which is kind of cool. Well, we have a tradition with more than movies, and that is that we kick off the season with our top 10 brand new shows that we saw in 2020. How does it work, Ivana? Well, we have watched a huge amount of television, all shows that have premiered for the first time in 2020. Um... And so that means season one, episode one, first airs in 2020 in North America. That's right. And that's really important. Yes. And so that is our cutoff. And we basically go through all of the television that we've seen. And we each select a top 10. And then we build a top 10 master list. The more than movies top 10 shows of 2020. That's right. It's a pretty epic adventure. And honestly... We were a little late starting the season this year. We normally start in January, but I felt like I had a lot of TV to catch up on and I couldn't actually do this episode until just now. I feel like everything is just a little bit behind and I think our listeners will give us the mulligan. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. Are you are you excited? How much television did you watch? Oh in 2020 how many shows i mean let's do a count over here so obviously our list is only brand new shows from 2020 that does not exclude that's correct. all the like third or fourth seasons of shows that we are already watching and network shows that like maybe have been on for eight years or whatever and we're still watching that week to week so out of or any documentary series because the only eligible shows for the list are scripted television series. I am so glad you said that because I feel like all I did in 2020 was watch document like limited series documentary shows. And I, I know that's all I'm watching this year so far. Like I've got uh, a few new shows under my belt, but really it's just those Netflix docuseries that get me. Right in the door. Except for WandaVision, which, by the way, can I mean, I know it's 2021, but like WandaVision is the greatest show I know like ever to hit television. It's it's so good. And watching it week to week is just a delight. Isn't it's it a though? delight. Isn't it, though? Maybe we should all change our minds on this whole network TV thing is bad. I look the networks need to figure things out because the dinosaur that they're offering is not as good as what you can get streaming online. But Disney Plus is doing it right because even though it's streaming, they still release weekly, and that's the answer. That's the secret sauce. Yes, so you won't hear any of the amazing documentary series that we've seen. You won't hear about The Mandalorian Season 2 that I adored in 2020. But uh, and And 
quite frankly, there I only have one show on my list that aired on regular television. Only one. That's it. I don't know if you even have any. Oh, shit. Not in my top ten. Uh, actually, one. One. There you go. Okay, so uh, so I, I have 19 brand new shows on my list from 2020. Wait, that's it? That's it. That is it, Ivana. Oh, my God. That's embarrassing. Look, I would. I'm like, I, I, I feel spent, sorry for you. Listen, if we are. You know what I'm doing now, Ivana, is I am counting every single movie <laughs> that I watch in 2021. So when we have this conversation next year, I can say like, yeah, okay. I may have only seen this many like 2021 movies, but I watched 460 movies in total or something to that effect. I've already watched in 2021 52 films. Not necessarily wow. all from 2021. And I don't think there's any shows I've seen from 2021 that count specifically into this yet. But I've just watched a lot of old stuff. WandaVision. WandaVision, obviously. Yeah. No, I was specifically talking movies. So I have watched a lot of TV and I watched a lot of movies this year. I just didn't happen to catch a lot of 2020 shows. How many did you catch? You didn't say. So I was about to say that I felt like I underwatched new shows, but I think that I've done just enough to be able to represent what actually is the best top 10 of 2020. And I've seen 48 wow. new television series. Wow. Oh, my God. Over the course of 2020. And, and when we say we've seen these, these shows in our top 10, like we've at least committed to two or three episodes to get the just yeah i mean there have been times where i will watch one maybe two and that's enough but it's rare and most of these shows i think i've seen at least a quarter of a season to half a season at minimum so all of my shows with the exception of one show i have i've completed the whole season so all of the shows that I have on my list I've completed with the exception of one show that was actually recommended by Ivana. So it may be on her list and maybe she can fill me in on what I missed. But uh, but yes. Uh, so why don't we kick this off? I mean, we've been talking for eight minutes. How about you start this, Ivana? What is your number 10 on your top 10 of 2020? My number 10 is a show which is beloved by pretty much every writer and television creator out there. Uh, it did not get nominated for a Golden Globe and people are just bashing these decisions. And that is I May Destroy You. Or maybe it was an Emmy. It didn't get nominated for something. <laughs> Golden Globes. Golden Globes completely snubbed it. And you know what? Golden Globes made a mistake. Made a mistake. I may destroy you did not make my list. I, I did watch the first episode. Uh, you had said, keep going. I did not keep going. <laughs> so I didn't feel like I could adequately weigh in, um, especially because I got sucked into another show like a jackass. And uh, tell me, but I may destroy you and why I have to keep going. So... I think that it should be mandatory viewing, maybe for everyone, especially, I think, men, because it, like, really hits on a truth and, like, a truth that is just so bare and honest and, uh, like, but it's hard to watch. It's like, 
Breaking Bad level hard to watch, if I'm being completely honest with you. And that's why it's on my 10. Like, it's number 10 on my list because I have a hard time going and watching it. Like, whenever I do, it's amazing. But it feels like it's so truthful and it's so honest and, like, you can relate to so much in it. And I think for a lot of men, it would be, like, very eye-opening because the way that the show makes you feel is so uncomfortable and then you realize, oh, shit, that's how women feel in these situations. You know what I mean? I want to say that I feel like 2020 is – specifically 2020 – is a year where the content and the the filmmaking and the, the television has been expressly make men feel like garbage. The top three movies on my currently, hey, it could change between now and our top 10 2020 movies, but the top three films currently all make me feel like men are evil. And I think it's such an important thing that uh, not not for you to like watch it and feel evil, but to just understand how privileged you are to be a man and not have to feel threatened all the time uh, wherever you go and whatever you're doing. And I, I think there was a lot of content that came out this year that that showcased what you were talking about. Yeah, and and honestly, I think this might be the best and the most honest I've seen anyone ever tackle the topic of rape. But it's also something I don't really relate to in some ways. Uh, I don't think I ever partied like the people in the show, and I never have really had that lifestyle either. So I don't relate to it. I'm definitely not nearly that cool. Um, But, like, it's also so hard And it makes me feel bad, but it's really good and it's really honest. And so I think it like 100% deserved to get nominated for a Golden Globe because it's pretty damn rare where someone is actually capable of making something that is this good. It's just sometimes, you know, you watch good things once and you're like, and that's enough forever. (laughs) I I love that. I mean, I I, that's enough for me to say, you know what, Jay, put on the 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 man pants and sit down and feel uncomfortable and feel the things this show is actually trying to get through to you um and and you know maybe choose that over your next cecil hotel uh, or true crime documentary series <laughs> i actually am very curious to see the cecil <laughs> hotel one fyi i have not started it yet because i've been like catching up on other tv i do want to say just quickly that one thing that surprised me about i may destroy you and that i loved watching and i felt lucky that i got to see or like feel how shitty and alone he felt the show also deals with male rape and um, how alone and alienating that can feel to be a man who is raped. And I just wanted to hug him so much. He just broke my heart how alone he felt in that show. And then eventually, his you know, he tells his friends and he bu- builds his own, like, you know, tribe. But you see how much farther back then gay men are even from women in the right. in the story of rape and so it's so so like 
I love that about this show because even as you sit there, you're like, oh, wait, even being a female, you're privileged in your own situation. I definitely did not get the impression from what I watched in the first episode that that's what it was. So thank you for that. And I, yep, kid gloves are off. I'm going to go and I'm going to check it out. All right. Well, what's your number 10? So my number 10 comes with a caveat. And if either one of these are further up on your list, Ivana, you're going to have to stop me. But my number 10 currently is Upload. It's an Amazon Prime show. It's, uh, it's yeah, yeah, we'll talk about it later. We can talk about worry. it later, but I want it. I just want to add, I, I think it's a good show. I think I had a lot of fun with it. But I think Lovecraft Country, the first, the pilot is so good. And the second episode is is so amazing. But afterwards, I was kind of out. So that's why it only hit at 11. But I will say the pilot of Lovecraft Country is some of the best TV I've ever seen. And it would have jumped above Upload, but Upload grabbed me in a, in a different way. But we'll talk that uh, later. So what is your number nine, Ivana? I just want to say that Lovecraft Country is my number 11. Okay, so did you see, feel the same way? Like, uh, incredible pilot, but then, like, the second was like, whoa, they're going way different directions. I loved the first and second, but then after that is when I started to kind of fall. Yeah, like the weird ghost story house? Yeah, the ghost story house. I was like, what house. is this? Why are we... It doesn't feel like it. we're we're in the same continuity at all, and... What is going on? I, I liked when they were in the woods with the racist cops and so those good. like creatures came out of nowhere. That was so freaking cool. Um, and I, I just thought it was so great in the beginning. And then, yeah, just very quickly, I just started. I had a lot of things to still watch. And uh, I got to like episode three, maybe four. And then I didn't go back. And that's why it's 11. Me too. But great, great pilot. Amazing pilot. What is your number nine? My number nine, I bet you you didn't watch it. Probably not. Like, I guarantee you did not see this Probably show. not. It's called Betty. No, I did not watch Betty. What is Betty about? And do I need to watch it? Where is it? Where can I find these shows? I May Destroy You, I think, is uh, Crave in Canada. Yeah, so I watched it on Crave, uh, and I watched it. Um, it's Crave HBO or HBO HBO Plus. Max? Yes. And what is Betty? It's one of those naturalistic kind of television shows, scripted, but very naturalistic, almost like you're just capturing or watching a moment in time and it follows these girls who are skaters otherwise known as Bettys uh, in New York City now and they're just like living their lives skating and like being badasses and it's just beautiful like it's beautiful uh, I, I sometimes these naturalistic things they don't really go they feel overdone to me or or not authentic, but Betty is so well done. And the girls are so just like lovely and interesting. And I really feel like I'm watching like a moment in in uh, in time 
in New York City and and it's cool and and a lot of it somewhat kind of feels familiar and kind of reminds me of some things from like being in high school because I think these girls are in high school or maybe just after high school but so and when good. you say they're like skaters they're just like roller skates or uh, like skateboards oh, no, like skateboarding skateboarding okay yeah skateboarding yeah and it's just really just it, do you find it's like it mellows you right out yes i do i feel a hundred percent mellow i like the girls i want them to like succeed every like adventure is really accurate to like what you would be doing if you were in high school in a city like you know they don't have money or they're one of them is selling weed and then she like forgets it and then finds these guys who've smoked it and now she like owes all this money like I don't know it's just really just very fun to watch it's so naturalistic it just feels like you're along for the ride with these like young skater girls and they're all so cool and you just kind of want to watch them be cool I mean that does sound appealing it sounds kind of great to just kind of hang out with the youth of today seeing how different their experiences from what my experience was and uh and and you know i bet there's some cool kick flips and stuff you know what's really fun i love all the like courting like you know there's this one girl and she's like flirt i'm not like all the way through the show i started watching it yesterday and i think i'm like four five episodes in now um and so this one girl is like getting to know this guy and he, I guess, puts out YouTube videos of like skaters and he's got like a bit of a following. And so he's like treating her almost like his kid sister, but she really likes him. And it's like, but there's also something between them and you're just waiting for that first kiss and it hasn't happened. It's so good. And then like some of the girls are like gay and like one of them is like really shy and she's so afraid to approach this other girl she likes that she literally like will ignore her oh wow okay so it sounds like a it sounds like a fun natural teen show yeah yeah it's just it's so good i love it i love it well i do have a couple teen shows on my on my list but teen shows are so like i would love to go back to some teens teen drums so maybe uh Maybe Betty will be the one I go back to. And it it looks like it's a – I was looking it up. There's only six episodes. Oh, I'm almost done. Yeah. So why not? I don't know if it's limited series or not. You know how much I dig a limited series. But, uh, but yeah, maybe I'll check it out. I, I don't know, but it doesn't – IMDb leaves it open. So on, on the IMDb listing, it's like 2020 dash. And then – so it could be returning. Okay. All right. All right. Um. All right, my next one, I don't think made your list. My number nine is The Haunting of Bly Manor. I don't think you like this show at all. Uh, no, I didn't dislike it. I just didn't think it was that great. Like, it certainly wasn't, like, the first one. Um, no, it did not make my list. Why did it make your list? So I, I just really got drawn into the story and these characters. I loved how each character got kind of its own episode, but really what floored me was that it's not really a ghost story. It's a love story. And at the end of the, the, the thing, you know, she's waiting for her. And I, I just, I don't know why I love that so much, but 
it uh we watched it over the course of a day and it was a bit it was a quarantine binge and at no point was i really afraid like i was afraid in the haunting of hill house and i don't think this is that oh yeah that was scary and we expected that but what we got was this kind of really natural love story and this everything was so sad about it like i just genuinely I cared about all the characters. I cared that she was like, didn't know she was killing people or she knew she was killing people, but like she was just trying to protect the house. And that's, she was just a vengeful spirit. And oh God, I don't know why. I just really enjoyed my time with it. And that's why it was my number nine this year. So Netflix, The Haunting of Bly Manor, it is not what you thought from the first, which I know Ivana loves. But if you are looking for something different, spooky, still supernatural, but really good, solid, circular story I found, I I liked it a lot. But I'm a sap. There was something about the ending that, like, I don't know. It didn't. I mean, The Haunting of Hill House also had a really shit ending, but it had a great lead up. Yes. This one, you're right. It was a really fun story, but it wasn't scary. Right. And I think maybe I needed it to be. It was definitely wor- weird as well. Like there was a whole like time looping episode yeah. and things like that. It was very strange, but I just thought it closed so well. And as a story being told and she goes up and she keeps her door open and for a lover, like, I mean, I, 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 I gushed, I gushed. I was like, that is so romantic. She's waiting for the ghost. <laughs> I mean, I have it. It's above like Babysitter's Club and Saved by the Bell and those shows for me. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's firmly in the center of my list. Yeah, and that's okay. I mean, there's a lot. You've watched a lot. So why don't we go to your number eight? My number eight is probably on your list. Uh, I'm curious if it's your number eight. Queen's Gambit. Uh, it's a little higher up, so we can wait. My number eight is actually also probably on your list. It is Netflix's Teenage Bounty Hunters. We can wait okay. to talk about that one. <laughs> All right. What's your number seven? My number seven. I don't know, actually, if this one's going to be on your list or not. I'm very curious if it is. Uh, if it is on your list, I would be surprised if it was higher than like seven or six. And that is unorthodox. Yeah, we're going to talk about that later. Oh, okay. We're just skimming along here. This is one that is not on your list, guaranteed. And it is this quirky Christmas Netflix limited series Dash Oh, it was delightful, but not Delightful. Dash and Lily is delightful. It is the story of these two. I don't even know what age they are. I think they're like 17, maybe. And one of them, yeah, like 17. Yeah. One of them leaves a book with like sort of a scavenger hunt for somebody in this bookstore, this very famous bookstore in New York. And this guy goes in, finds it, does the scavenger hunt and start sharing this journal back and forth. And it's all over the Christmas season. He hates Christmas. She loves Christmas. It's a very you've got mail kind of situation. And I I fell in love so hard with this. We were decorating the tree that day. I remember this. We were decorating the tree 
and it just fit perfectly into the time of year I watched it. It was better than Hallmark crap, and it was it was just a delight. I don't think you should watch this outside of the Christmas season by any stretch, but I think uh, to, yeah, to Ivana's point, it was delightful. I really enjoyed Dash and Lily, and I'm going to, like, because I know how delightful and charming and lovely it was, but it put me to sleep every time I put it on <laughs> in a really nice way. Like the show feels like a warm hug and yes. I would always be watching it like it's kind like of an, late in the evening. It's like a hot and cup it would of just, cocoa. Yeah. Like the show is a hot cup of cocoa. And so I would always be like lulled into a sleep. And so I've now seen the show like four times but every time I'm falling asleep, so I think like I've put it all together and I've seen it all. But like literally I've seen this show s- multiple times, but I cannot stay awake. So it didn't make the list. Uh, this was another binge in a day. Actually, most of these are like quarantine, like qu- quarantine binge in a day. Like I don't have, you know, any real obligations in quarantine. So like it's <laughs> we're we're watching a lot of this together and we're just not moving for eight hours. I, meanwhile, am like over the binging. I'm, I, you have like, for years I was like, let's just binge everything. It's so much better. Nope. I now, if I really like a show, I will try to watch only two episodes and then save the next two for the next day. Uh, it is a better way to watch TV. You retain more. You think about it. You come back to it later refreshed. You become invested in the characters. I like... I've all of these shows I binge are a blur that you can barely remember uh, and I'm kind of getting over it and and I'm trying not to binge so much. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I think almost all of the rest of my shows I binged. So why don't we go to your number six and see if you binge that? I did not. This one, I believe, also came out weekly, and it's another HBO show, The Flight Attendant with Haley, Kaylee Cuckoo. Okay, yeah, this uh, this one was not for me. Lower on my list, it, it felt really, I didn't like being in her head in that first episode, and I just kind of walked. So tell me why you were kept there, even after the creepy Mantis poster. I rooted for her, you know, like she didn't have her life figured out. But that night with that man was actually truly magical. Like every time they showed flashbacks, they had really good conversation. They talked yeah. about literature. They talked like about their lives. They talked about their dreams. They, it really did feel like authentically like maybe it could have been love, you know? Uh, well, at least it was like something that would have had really lasting and and wonderful memories like you'd think even if they didn't get together forever like you would remember back to that night and go that was a great night i have the warm and fuzzy sinking of it yes exactly but i personally and especially as the show goes on i got more and more invested and in my mind it could have been you know like they could have been the ones but they weren't the ones because he dies in the first episode a brutal he dies weird in the first death. episode it, i was just infinitely interested in what happened and I knew that she didn't kill him and she was an alcoholic but like 
it was hard to blame her because as the show goes on and you see like she was in a car accident she went through a lot like her dad basically made her a child alcoholic so when your father an alcoholic is making his 10 year old daughter drink and she then loves being drunk like it's very hard to blame her for her alcoholism and her party girl ways and she's like but she's also still intelligent and all I don't know you just she's flawed but I really like her and I want her to win and I was just rooting for her so hard right away from the very first episode I just wanted her to win and and then the ending the way they end season one I'm not gonna give it away but like it was a good journey. It was a perfect journey for a season and it got me really excited to see what happens next season. I see the how the show has legs. And also, you know what? It was fun. It was lighthearted. It was the fun. The Golden Globes have given it a nomination for one of the best comedies of the year, like best musical or comedy TV series. And that is right there. Like a lot of people should go out and find this. If this is the kind of thing that's for you, it's it's got a little murder mystery vibe, but it's also fun. And, and it, it felt like it was going to be an easy watch. I just was like, oh, no, like they're doing a lot of what's going on in her head and she's she's having trouble remembering or she's making a lot of choices that don't seem to be the right ones. And uh, I just was like, I I could see myself going down this, but there's more for me. To check out now. I liked that. I liked that she always seemed to make the wrong decisions. And I was like, what are you doing? She's just such a mess. But like, you're just rooting for her to wake up and like stop making bad decisions. But then, you know, like, I don't want to give it away. But, you know, she just like sometimes goes for things and does things that other people would never dream of doing. And and like that part of her you look up to. I, I feel like you're looking at me like. Jay, you got to go back and watch it. Watch it some more so we can talk about it. Yes. Watch it some more <laughs> so we can talk about it. Well, fair All right. Enough. What's six on your list? All right. This one is definitely not on yours. I'm a big sap. And when I was a kid, I read a lot of books, especially books from this series. And Netflix put out a new series called The Babysitter's Club this year. And I, again, binge this in one night i think the netflix series nailed the characters so well these characters that i like grew up reading and look yeah i know i, I know what you're thinking jay that was a series we were supposed to read the hardy boys we were supposed to read you know the 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 scary books or the boy books listen I'm changing my destiny, man. I like the girl books. I like the Sweet Valley High. I like the Babysitter's Club, and I read them. I also read the Hardy Boys. I also read all that crap. I read a lot as a kid is what I'm trying to say. But I really like the Babysitter's Club series, and I thought the actors and the, the – to be honest, the casting was great. Everybody felt like they were just torn from the pages. They looked and acted and felt just how I would have uh, cast – these this series there was an incredible episode where um one of them is babysitting because they are babysitters that is their whole shtick and she is babysitting a a little girl who was born a boy and the little girl has a problem and she takes the the girl to the hospital and the doctors are insisting 
on saying boy M. And she has this massive freak out. This like 14 year old girl takes these doctors and puts them in check so hard. And that was the moment for me. I'm like, I think it's episode four. Let's just do the rest of this. Cause I, I love what they're adding to these books. I love the character development that they're adding to the story. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm a social issues guy. I like knowing what's going on in the world in this, this level of knowledge of these kids and understanding and empathy was amazing. And again, I'm a sap. I loved it. Number six on my list. I watched two episodes and uh, I was reminded why I hated the books when I was a child. Of course. This was like not my not my cup of tea at all no but I, I you know what like it's on so many best lists of this year that it would have been wrong not to give it a shot the thing is though i hated the content when i was a kid like when i was a kid all i wanted to read was the scary stuff i was not interested in the hardy boys i was not interested in the babysitters club i was not interested in anything I was interested in blood and guts and monsters and comic books <laughs> and Archie comics too, I guess. Those were also good. And I read all of that as well. I just read things. Like I just read You a just lot read of all stuff. of it. You liked yeah. you liked all the genres and I yeah. was very specific about my genre. The girls were like were annoying to me right away. <laughs> I was like, I don't like you. You're being very like un you're you're just like not seeing the world the right way and i just couldn't i couldn't handle it but like i i saw that it was sweet and i hated the sweetness um but it's a very good series and i really for anyone who likes this genre it's lovely it's just like i hate that sweet sweet stuff and we're at the halfway point on the top 10 turf war it's it's good to say like if you get into a show and you just know like that show is not gonna be for you you don't have to stay with that show. There are so many shows. So, yeah, I totally like understand that Ivana is not going to be all over the Babysitter's Club because. But I'm glad that it's on your list because, yeah. again, I recognize that it's good. Like, empirically. Right. right. It's it's interesting. And it, it uh, you know, it's it's a little bit of a sh- of a girl power show that takes on the patriarchy a little and a. You know, it's it's fun to watch that, which we will get to when we get to uh, uh, one that I've already said and is further up your list. Maybe it's at number five here. It. uh, Yeah, it is. (laughs) Boom. So we're talking about Teenage Bounty Hunters. We are talking about Teenage Bounty Hunters. Oh, my fucking God. I fucking love this show. The show is so fucking good. You are the best friend I ever had for saying. There's a show on Netflix that no one is talking about. Nobody has said anything around the virtual water cooler. It's called Teenage Bounty Hunters, and you're going to freaking love it. And oh my God, did I freaking love this show. They're so delightful. Two delightful twins who like speak to like can like speak with each other's minds. They have a telepathic connection. They are fast talking. They're like distinct and funny and they like end up bounty hunting yeah they're like interns to a bounty hunter because obviously they're super young and they're making money because originally they had to make money in order to pay back some damage they did to a truck 
and they are like, well, we could do some more of this bounty hunting because they kind of fell into it right in the first five minutes of the first episode. But on the flip side, like we're in the deep south there. It's Bible Belt's country. So they're Catholic schoolgirls. Oh, yeah. And one of them is like the head, like religious, like like the one that everyone looks up to because she's so pious, which is the best because she is now having sex with her boyfriend. And they have to keep it secret because she is like queen Catholic or queen Christian. Which, I'm not like, sure what it is. By the way, that's like the opening of the show. So like yeah, it's we're not her giving anything pressuring away. her boyfriend into having sex when he's like, I don't know if I'm ready. God says we should wait. And she then she starts quoting the Bible in order to get him confused because he's like, you know, not the smartest person on the planet. It was amazing. And like convinces him to have sex. Oh, my God. So funny. So funny. And then the other sister is kind of the promiscuous sister, but she's never had sex. And I mean, they play off each other so incredibly well. The parents are hilarious. I, I want to call him the handler of the bounty hunters is amazing because every time he comes in, they're acting like teenage girls bantering back and forth about something that happened at school or something that happened at a party. And he's and like he's, a middle aged man. And, and he has like, none I don't want to know any of this. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I can't believe I'm working with you people as my bounty hunters. <laughs> but it's it's so funny. And you fall in love with these two leads so quickly. Like, like before the title credits, you're going to fall in love with these two leads. It's so true. And 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 like, ah, oh, it's so good. I just want to say, like, I really, really connected with the like virgin promiscuous twin because that literally was my like persona i wanted everyone to think that i was like so much more like like beyond where i was that was like me that was my exact image i wanted everyone to think that like i had like maybe had sex but didn't know but like i didn't and like that so i just felt like so much like I could see the bravado in her and it's really really real like i don't know i i was like yes that's and in me. high school, I was so much the other one. I was the one having sex, but also like just trying to hide any flaws and like any like I didn't need anybody to look at me poorly. <laughs> <laughs> so we were total reverse. This show's so great. I have seen since I, I've discovered it, I've seen so many articles from reviewers who are like, Netflix made a mistake not renewing the show and it got canceled because of covid yeah and like so many people are like this was not very expensive it was so good it was one of the best shows that netflix has put out and i cannot like even even though it ends on a cliffhanger it doesn't matter just watch the show it still feels complete enough it's like the kind of cliffhanger that you can feel happy as an ending with to be honest like i was so glad i found the show the only reason it's at eight on my list and not higher up is just because I, I haven't finished it yet. And well, and my top five is strong. Like it's a strong top five. I think like Teenage Bounty Hunters is so, so much fun. I just think I, I have a really strong top five. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, what's, what's next on your list? All right. Well, number five is the one that everybody in the world and their, like dog watched over a pandemic and uh 
got out them chess boards. So the Queen's Gambit for me was a, a, a slow – I got into it slowly. I really like how this ends. I really like how they nailed the ending of this with this epic chess match that ends in like – it's the 70s, 60s or 70s Russia. And here is a woman who is now like Queen Russia – from America, sitting down with a Russian to play a game of chess as equals. It is the best, best ending that like I could have asked for from this show. With that said, the tone of the show is the thing that I have the most problem with. It doesn't need to be all dark and moody, I think. Uh, especially with the one person in the show she loves which is the man who taught her chess. She is she loves this man and every time she's with him it feels this ominous like dark oh no down in the dungeon and I'm like no this is when she was the most happy in her entire life. That school screwed her up, but it also gave her this man and this love of chess. And I don't I just think the tone is off at points, but it, it clears up in the last three episodes. I feel like the tone is why the world fell in love with the show. It's beautiful it's and it's gorgeous. really entertaining. It's slow and it's entertaining. And I don't know why it's so entertaining, but it is. And it's gorgeous. But I, I guess I didn't feel like there was much else underneath. I don't think that her story is complete. Like she 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 got to her objective and it's got an amazing like I said, I, I love the politics of this woman walking to the, this American woman walking down the streets of Russia in the 60s during the Cold War and these people revering her and want to play chess with her as equal. Like I love that message. It's like. We are all equal. We are all people. We all have passions. We all have loves. And if we just sit down to a game of chess, we can work this shit out. Love the message. But yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you on it's amazingly gorgeous. For whatever reason, addictive. I don't really understand why it's as addictive yeah, as Yeah, I don't it get it either. It's just in, in rapture. Like, you can just watch it. I don't you get it. You can just watch it and you want to see what happens next. For me, those chess masters, like, I love chess. So watching the chess, I was like, oh, my God, she screwed. Oh, whoa, wait. Uh, like, it was it was exciting watching chess, which is weird to say. But, yeah, I, anyway, it's my number five. It's your number eight. That's correct. So you still gave it the, uh, the due that, you know, because it's gorgeous. And Anna Taylor-Joy is, like, she's, she's good in the role. Like, I'm not going to say she's like the best role and she should get all the awards. Cause I don't know if she should, to be honest, I have somebody else on this list who should definitely get best actress, but she is captivating. I don't know. Something about her captivating. She is. She's very captive. The whole show is captivating, but it's not, uh, I don't know. I just don't like that. The There's tone is always missing. so dangerous. And I'm like, nothing's happening guys. They're just playing chess. Like it, the first yeah. episode could be dangerous with the drugs. But the rest of it, she's kind of like straight laced and trying to figure out her life. Yeah, she does some alcohol. She does some drugs. She doesn't have a normal life because she doesn't. But it's not dangerous. Like she's just exploring herself. And 
she should be allowed to do that. But also, I guess it's the 60s and different time. Different time. Also, I mean, she definitely was addicted to drugs. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, who wasn't in their early? No, I'm kidding. I am not, <laughs> I am not saying go do drugs. <laughs> uh, all right. Ivana, oh number four. Oh, my God. Four. We're almost. We're getting there. Number yeah, four. Yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. Number four. I, um, you know what? I think my number four might be your number four. Maybe. Probably not. Go ahead. Ted Lasso. No, we'll talk about that later. Uh, oh, my number okay. four is not on your list. It is, it is entirely for personal reasons why it's here. It's sort of like the baby's, Babysitter's Club in that regard. My number four is High Fidelity. And this is a Zoe Kravitz uh, kind of kind like vehicle. I love the book. I read the book in Pandemic. Uh, I love the original film with John Cusack. And I loved watching this. I, I like the contemporary updated music. I oh Man, you know what happened after I watched this whole series with the music and high fidelity is I got right back into music, like wanting to make playlists, wanting to just listen to new music. That's the power that this show had over me. I don't think it ends well because I don't think it's going to get a second season. It may have. But I, I also don't think it like ends as strong as it could. Uh, but damn, if that music and the, it's funny, it's a funny show. I like the role reversal from a man to a woman telling this story of all of her exes and counting down the exes. Anyway, I just love High Fidelity. One of the one of the things about High Fidelity that I love is that it's somebody who really embraced their passion as their career. You can totally understand that, Ivana, is somebody embracing their passion as a career. And even though they're struggling at their career, they really, like, let it envelop them. And I always think that's pretty cool. And that's why High Fidelity is at number four. I wanted to like this show, but, I like, uh, yeah, it just wasn't for me. I didn't see that it was funny. I never laughed once. I didn't laugh as much as I did my a couple that are coming up. That, that's for sure. Like there were there are better comedies. I think I just really like the I know the, the story. It's a warm hug. I've, I, I know the story. Yeah. 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 All right. We are down to our top three. That means, Ivana, I know you're going to say one that's probably in my top three. I'm hoping. But maybe not. Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet. So that is coming up on my list. It is. Is not the next one on my list. So should I, should we pause and talk about it closer to number one? Yeah. It's not number yeah, yeah. one. We'll talk about it. Okay. Number three is something we talked about earlier and it is unorthodox. Nice. Okay. Let's talk about this show. That's number three for you. It was number four for a long time for me. Uh, what, uh, why, why is it so high for you? Okay. So I started this show. I, again, at your recommendation, you said, I, I got to try it. And I put it on maybe a month ago. Could not get past the first episode. But as we were nearing this date, I was like, I, you know, I really got to go back and just give it another go. For whatever reason, maybe I turned off my phone. Maybe I was just, it clicked so hard. And I wept for like, the, it hit me emotionally. This woman's journey out of this 
what what are what, what's the community the Jewish community the Hasidic Jews Hasidic no. Jews yeah yes. the Hasidic Jewish community that's it A- out of this community trying to flee from this community be mostly because her husband told her she wanted he wanted a divorce and it's the way they unravel this story and finally the ending just broke me like oh my god the ending was so beautiful beautiful what a perfect ending i she the scene oh the whole thing like the whole seeing the journey the way like when you get to the episode where it's back flashback to their wedding oh like which which is also just incredibly bizarre it's like it's like lifting the veil on a community i will never know and seeing how different somebody down the street could be living their life. I grew up in an ultra-Orthodox Jewish neighborhood. Um, I'm not sure if it's exactly as ultra-Orthodox, but probably very, very close. And I loved it. Like, it's a great, it was a great neighborhood to grow up in. Um, but I obviously was not a part of that community because... They are very inclusive. Um, and so it was interesting because I agree. There was a veil lifted of something that was so close to me personally, um, but that I never got to see anything beyond, like, you know, just saying hi on the street or, um, you know, occasionally, you know, conversations here and there with neighbors, that kind of thing. Right. And you, you would go to, you know, bakery, like Jewish bakeries, and you'd, have those those conversations with people in the community. I, I remember that because we went to get some bread one day. Delicious bread, by the way. This area in Toronto that is, uh, I think there's only two areas in Toronto for Orthodox Jews. When we say the veil and you, you bring up the wedding, like these are, it's almost like there's two weddings happening. There's the women's wedding and the men's wedding and never the two will meet. It's like, so strange and then the the bride and groom meet for one dance where they're just holding hands and now you're married like go and figure it out and oh my god like can i just say i gotta have so many children like i just but i didn't know why i was like why are they so like adamant and then she says we are trying to regain the six million that was lost in the Holocaust. Oh yeah, it's a very big it's a very big deal to have lots of children. Right. It, but but there was an incredible scene in this because in North America, a Jewish people do talk at least in content. My uncle never did, to be honest. Um, but in content that we see and from what we understand, there's a lot of conversation around the Holocaust. And she gets to Berlin and spits in this woman's face who was also Jewish that, you know, my grandmother died in the Holocaust. And she's in Berlin and this woman spits back. So did half of Israel. We're trying to move on. And it was this eye opening moment from this show where I was like, we think so differently here about these these issues where, you know, in Europe. This is like ground zero World War II happening. They're like, yeah, we know that that happened. We live with it every day. 
we're trying to move forward to make life better for everybody else. We're not constant. You know, you know what I mean? Like it was just this, this moment of like nobody in North America would ever say that in response to my grandmother died in the Holocaust. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very different. Um, yeah, that's very true. That's actually very, I didn't like that didn't moment didn't stick out in my head in the way that it did for you, but I'm glad that it did because you are very right. Cause that is a very different cultural, like just a, a, a the way that we see the world. Yes. It's different depending well, on and, where we are. And here's a person who's that level sheltered saying something that we would hear in everyday conversation possibly. And yeah. it being said where she is totally means a different thing. Anyway, Orthodox, number three on my list. What is number two on yours? I just wait before we move on. I just want to say I love this. It captured me from the end of episode one. That's when it, the lights went on. Uh, I, I loved watching it. I love the world. The last scene, the last scene with the husband when he's groveling is just. Oh, oh my. But it was also heartbreaking because we've now gone through a journey with him as well. And him and, yeah. and for him to cut off his hair, I, I was like, don't please don't like, please just accept that this isn't going to. Yeah, happen. it's like, like it's just, like it's over and it doesn't yes. matter if you cut your hair, don't cut your hair. And he does anyway. But it was like also, I think, valuable for him because I of think course. he changed as a human as a result of it. And I and it was hard because like you ultimately you never forgive him. But you do forgive. It's like you're like you are still wrong, and I'm glad she's gone. Like she's I'm this so is over. Glad she got so out. So happy about this. Yes. But I feel bad for you because you're not a bad person either. No. You, however, are benefiting from a society where you could benefit at the expense of someone like her. That's and right. And maybe some other people don't feel that they would be like at anyone's expense but she sure did and she needed to get out and, and also how amazing is that first scene where she's in berlin and she takes off her wig that you didn't even know was a wig and she's just in the yeah, water I knew it was a wig and drops it oh i didn't know it was a wig and she just drops <laughs> it in the water i was like how freeing is this moment for this person like oh god i you the water didn't do it for me nearly as much as when she heard the music. Oh, God, the and music. And you just saw you just saw how she felt and how music made her feel. And, and like, how excited was she was so after. Beautiful. Yeah. Honestly, this this film made me uh, this film. It is kind of a film. It's only four episodes. It's kind of a it, film. It's a four episode miniseries. It, it just touched me in a way I did not expect. I'm so happy I went back to it and uh, I it's up for best drama. I hope it wins best drama. If I'm being fair, I hope it wins. I think it's incredible. Um, and you know how I feel about limited series. If it's a limited series, I will do it anytime because the, the time investment is not crazy. I like to binge a limited series. I feel like that's good binge fodder. So number two for you. Number two. All right. Uh, it was earlier on your list, and that is Upload. Wow. This high on your list. 
Yeah, I loved wow. Upload. I I watched it over a couple of weeks. I think it was like one episode a day, and some days we might have skipped even. And um, I just thought it was really entertaining, and I couldn't wait to put it on every night. And I just thought it was so interesting. I thought thinking about it was really entertaining. I thought Robbie ML was really good in it. So did uh, I. I really I thought it enjoyed ended it. Perfectly. Like it ended, ended so perfectly. perfectly. Yeah. This was one that I binged. Here's some it's a it's got a crazy premise and it was kind of a it kind of dropped at the beginning of the pandemic when we all did, were yeah. like at home for the first time. So I definitely binged. And it is it's a fascinating one because when you die, there's a short period of window where your consciousness can be uploaded to a virtual afterlife. And as long as but you're, you kind of have to get killed to to get uploaded. Yes. Like there it has to be life threatening. They're not going to just do it for you. Um, and he is in a life uh, life uh, threatening accident. And they make the his family makes a decision because this afterlife is paid for by your family. So as long as they're paying, they can keep you going and you can have visits with the consciousness of your child, which is right. And well, and like and you can there's a free level. So like if you run out of money, they'll kind of like let you kind of exist in which this, is like, like dungeon area. living. <laughs> you only yeah, get not like fun. a gig. It's like, it's like purgatory, like purgatory, yes. like what religion tells you purgatory is. Yes, exactly. And, and you get like 10 gigabytes of upload stuff for the month and you got to make that work. And that's it. And when that's you run it. out, you just like go in pause until the next month. But it is a fascinating thing. I, I really enjoyed all the quirkiness of this afterlife. Like he's... I did too. I also really enjoyed the love story. And then he has this girlfriend who he's like not in love with. And she's like the super rich, like almost Paris Hilton-like person. She She's trying. She tries as much as she can. She tries as much as she wants. She's very selfish. <laughs> <laughs> she is. She is. Honestly, she is. She like, is. I, I like that he befriends a 10-year-old boy in the afterlife who died, like, falling off the Grand Canyon, but, like, dabbed on his way down. He's like, got to do it for the likes. Like, it was – it's such a strange technology world that – you really, I mean, you really get caught up in it very quickly. Very quickly. And that's what it was. That It's so high on my list because it grabbed me uh, so fully. I agree. Totally. I Like, it was a very quick in. You were like, let's keep going. This is great. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's coming back for season two. I think so. I think uh, Amazon said yes. Yeah, and I and I'm gonna watch it for sure. Like it's not one I'm gonna sit on, but it just for me like it was. Uh, I I think the overall like love of it was a little bit lower, and I just really. I remember more vivid moments from all the other stuff. I think that's fair, which is a strange way to rank things. But like when you remember something that impacted you when you watched a TV show, 
Like even if it's just like one like that, that unorthodox scene, right, where she's in Berlin, says the thing and it's a totally different response like that is that's an impactful moment that gives you another worldview and uh, upload maybe made me scared of technology more so than than anything Mm -hmm. else or like big corporate doing these things like i think i think the fact that i i watched upload slower maybe made it feel more impactful to me because you're right i feel more impacted by it and because unorthodox i was so in love with i we watched over two days i it feels so far away it feels so long right right now zuckerberg if he got his hands on this afterlife technology i think this is exactly how it would be. It would be tiered systems. You get to pay in for what you get and they sell all your data anyways. It would be terrible. <laughs> like it, it feels like we should be against this corporation. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. We look, the reality is, uh, I think the beauty of humanity is that, uh, you know, you die because then you make your life matter more because this is the one you get. Yeah. And this is not living. As far as I'm concerned, like this afterlife business, you're not living. You're just no, simulated. Life. I feel like it's also I feel like they don't really get into it. But, you know, it's one of those things they allude partly to it a little bit like this idea that it's better to die than to be there. Yeah. Let's talk about Mythic Quest. Raven's Banquet. Yeah. Mythic Quest. Wow. It's such a good show. And Af- actually, you know. You know, even as we talk about it, even before we start actually talking about it, I'm like already thinking, you know what? Maybe I even changed my list and I'm going to move Mythic Quest above Upload because having now reminisced about Upload, I'm getting really excited to reminisce about Mythic Quest, which I'm sorry is so fucking good. It's not even funny. Okay, so I'm going to tell you Mythic Quest was my number one until today. Like until today, wow. Mythic Quest was my number one, and it had been since Apple TV Plus launched. Which, by the way, wow. Apple TV Plus, you're freaking killing it, man! Like I, you are making some good shows, good movies, good shows. I'm loving it. But Mythic Quest, I watched it twice. I've been, I've watched it multiple times because I watched the first four episodes, then I made Blake watch. Uh, but he hasn't yet seen the quarantine episode and they have the oh. best quarantine episode out of anybody's quarantine episodes. It Absolutely. Was perfect. It's so perfect. damn good. And I, so I, I watched cried. It by myself. I fucking cried. I cried when he went and he hugged her. Oh, well, that was a great moment. It was a great moment. I felt so alone at that moment of quarantine that I was watching. It was like two or three a.m. And like he went and hugged her. And I just I guess at that moment I had felt like I had not been around other people really for so long that I just like also cried. It was beautiful. Mythic Quest, if you have not seen this show, I, I'm describing it this way. It's it's not like documentary style filmmaking comedy like The Office, but it is like The Office where you have a group of coworkers, except the business is a video game business. And for the love of everything holy in the world, it is every, every character is perfect in the show. Like, yes, like you have the egotistical genius. You have the person who actually does all the workload. You have this you have you have Danny Putty, who 
for the love of God, just wants to make money off of these gamers. And all of his schemes yeah. are so great. It's just like, all right, well, let's just put loot boxes everywhere. We can't put loot boxes everywhere. And then, like, he'll talk into a circle where, well, I guess the only option is to put loot boxes everywhere. It's like, damn you. Damn you. You're right. <laughs> yeah, it, oh. he's so good. He's so unscrupulous and, like, and he's not, he does not, like, at all even, like, he's just admitting it. He's like, yep, I don't care about the game. I don't care about the art. I just want to make money. That's right. And, and he'll, like, go and use anyone he can to make more money for the game and for himself. And it's so great. And, like, it's such a departure from Abed, but it's, oh, it's great. And then, like. It, it's actually kind of the perfect departure because he goes from abed where he's like really quirky and socially unaware to this like super socially aware cunning like mastermind and then you have poppy who is just i love poppy so much she's so good they're basically just working towards a like the first episode is working towards a release date then they release and then they have to do all this extra stuff every character in this show is fantastic it's so funny issue there's like a 12-year-old to 14-year-old, like, you know, Twitch kind of dude. Yes. Named Pootie Shoe. And they need to impress him. It's so great. And he's like just a child. Like, it's just so funny, the realities of this world. There is an episode in this show that oh, has... Yes, are we going to talk about the episode? Let's talk about the episode a little. There's an episode in the show that has absolutely nothing really to do with... With Jake Johnson. With anything else going on, it starts Jake Johnson and uh, oh, Christina, Johnson. Mil- Christina, Mil- the mother from How I Met Your Mother. What's her? How do you pronounce her last name? Milotti? Uh, oh, Milotti. 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 Yes. So uh, it stars those guys. And basically, it's years before and they are they made a game, a really weird, fun game game that they made together and they became like so super huge and it just builds into this crazy world of video games somehow like like it just the only connection this has seriously is that one i'm not gonna say it but it it's so so good oh god it's brilliant So I just want to say that's like a thing that started to happen in recent, I would say the last, probably the first time I saw an episode like this would have been probably 2018, maybe with uh, Aziz Ansari's show might have been, at least that's the one that's coming to my brain. I don't know if that's the first one that did this, but I am loving these new prestige shows that are, um, have these, they, they have one episode that they just give to something else. And those episodes are always so fucking interesting. I love that episode. Like Jake Johnson and Kristen Milotti, they fall in love. They create a game together and they fall out of love and they break their hearts are broken. And it's just you're so interested in their story. And it's a lot of fun when you when you do find the connection of how it connects back to the television series Mythic Quest. uh, It's it feels satisfying you're really like, it feels good. It's good. I love it. I don't know. This show is so good. Honestly, it's so, Rob so is funny. Rob a genius. 
It's so funny. So funny. The whole show is fantastic. I can't recommend. I've recommended it all year long to people who are like, well, I have Apple TV plus, but there's nothing. I don't know what to watch. Watch Mythic Quest. That's what you should watch. Most anyone who has like has an Apple phone got it for free. Watch Mythic Quest. Exactly. All right. Uh, that takes us to number one, and number I one? have no damn idea what your number one is. I, I've got no clue. My number one, and I, I just want to say, I think it is, first of all, for the record, Mythic Quest is now my number two. I just want to make that very clear, but I think this show impressed me more and also had a random episode where you would, like, followed other characters, and this show is Dave. Okay, I should have known Dave was going to come up on your list. I don't know why I didn't even think about it. I've seen like four episodes of Dave. I think it's a pretty funny show. I like. I only seen my, four episodes of Dave? I liked my time with it, but I didn't go gaga the way you did it back in April. Like in April, you lost your mind. I lost my mind. <laughs> I watched, again, I watched this weekly. Like it's an FX show, came out weekly. I watched it weekly, and maybe... Honestly, I think like it's just too fast. Things wash over me if I binge them. The show stayed with me because I I had to watch it kind of slowly. And I thought it was really funny. And I really liked Dave. And I really liked a lot of the things that he that was said in the show. I, I loved in the end when he's kind of called out for his white privilege in that he's successful in this field because of his privilege in a lot of ways i don't know it's just very entertaining he's um such a man child but you still like him anyway and he thinks he's so good and i don't even know if he is or isn't i i genuinely have no idea like he is an actual rapper like in the world of like this is a guy this is little dicky he had an actual hit last yeah, year. So he's Lil Dicky, and he, like, this show is kind of, like, semi-autobiographical. Yes. It's like, how am I going to become the biggest rapper in the world as Little Dicky? And it's, this is his um, alter, Little Dicky's his alter ego. He's actually Dave living his normal life. Yes. And you're watching Dave try to be Little Dicky. Did you get to the episode with the wooden shirts? No wooden shirts no not ringing any bells i think that you need to go back to the show because uh it might be one of those ones where like the magic comes from like having seen the whole thing you know what i mean totally i get that i watched um obviously i watched it for work so i sat down at work watched three episodes and wrote copy points for you know building a building a marketing campaign around this show so like i watched them i laughed i had a good time but for whatever reason once it started airing i never went back and i think dave little dicky is a fantastic lead it's such a unique show in that the way like it's if it could easily just be another curb your own enthusiasm kind of show like another famous white guy walking around trying to like live his life, but it's not like it, it's it's not. It feels very much like it's got a pulse on what is happening right now. Yeah, it does. 
and like that's what I mean with the wooden shirt. The wooden shirt is one of my favorite moments because uh, he, uh, his, his friend, um, his like producer guy, he ends up babysitting this like 10 year old that's the son of a rapper who's famous. And then that 10 year old, they end up going to like one of those like street side, like artisan kind of fairs. Where yep. this dude is making shirts that are made out of wood. Wood. Like, imagine putting <laughs> a tree stump on you. Yeah. And, like, then the kid at some point is, like, trying to dance. But he's, like, in a wooden shirt. And when he falls over, he can't, like, help himself up. Because, like, the sleeves. He, he's basically like a beetle. Like, he's just on the <laughs> ground. Like, ah. I don't know. It's so funny. So weird and so funny. There's a whole bunch of these kind of, like, slice of life kind of like follow along kind of shows the difference though is dave is actually funny and all those other shows had comedic actors and it was amusing but it was never funny this is funny yeah, this is a funny a funny funny show that's a really good point because yeah dave is it's genuinely funny the first episode is actually pretty great at the end of the episode he's he's asked to do a rap I think it was for red man maybe it's yeah and, and just off the cuff he does this wicked rap and i was like holy crap like one i have no idea if he's good like i don't know if he's a good i don't know enough about hip-hop to tell you the guy's slinging great rhymes or whatever the terminology is all i know is he's fun to watch like he definitely is fun to watch he sure is entertaining yeah and he's got a lot of fun observations. The self-deprecating humor and the like constantly talking about his own inadequate penis is just yeah. so funny. And like really lets him have big dick energy in his he, own oh, way. Oh, he's got all the big dick en energy for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I can't add more more to Dave, unfortunately. I, I only saw three episodes. Uh I, I can't believe I forgot that that would definitely be on your list because like you it was April. you got to see more of it because I think like it gets better and the sh you don't see what makes it genius until you let l watch all of it. I'm, I'm working on promoting the show. I'm watching it. I remember sending you a text going like you're going to love Dave. And then you saw it and you were like, oh, my God. And I'm like, I knew it. And. I just totally forgot that you uh, you flipped for Dave back way back when. But that's great. Like we both have movie uh, TV shows that we saw at the beginning of this quarantine, like way long ago. That have really stayed on the list. They really haven't They've moved. stayed on the list. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so my last one. So interesting enough, Dave and somehow. Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet did not get a Golden Globe nomination for best comedy. Don't know how Mythic so Quest stupid. got ignored. Like it, it, it boggles my mind. The Golden Globes this year made the worst, like such stupid fucking decisions. I may destroy you, maybe ten on my list, but it's like it should be something that's nominated. You know what I mean? Like I didn't really love that. Um, What's the one that we that was the black and white one from Netflix that everyone was like all about with the beautiful shots and the like far away kind of like vantage point. Y you loved it. I loved it. Yeah, it was by the same guy who uh, 
he did like something something ten bn, but then it was this other movie. Are you talking about Roma from last year or whatever? Yeah, Roma, Roma. That's it. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, I did love that movie, but I I haven't gone back to watch it. I don't think I ever will. Yeah, me neither. And and it was a beautiful movie, and it deserved to get nominated for things. And like. I may destroy you is the same kind of thing. Like it right. in and of itself is great. And I think it's they miss Dave. They miss mythic quest because they were too big on their stupid, like, uh, like musicals. Cause they much prefer musicals to comedies. I could and, not and believe missed, the musical love this year. It makes no sense anyway, but this one, my number one, it is nominated for best comedy. Again, back to back Apple TV Plus. I finished Ted Lasso today. Ted Lasso is so good. I want I want everybody to understand how much I want to crawl into Ted Lasso's heart and just like live up in there because he's got the biggest heart. I love this man. I love this character so much. Sudeikis, I he can do no wrong as far as I'm concerned with this role. Like it it almost makes me want to go back and watch all the stupid comedies he's been in over the years and like just look for glimmers of Ted Lasso in those comedies like ah oh god i okay so i i he started ted lasso plays a couple the guy the like charming guy all the time right it's really amazing to see him play not charming because he is, is so charming way. while not being charming he is so charming the way while that not he, being charming Oh, the the cookies, the cookie things that he makes every day. That he brings every day. Yeah. And she's always like trying to figure out where he make like where he's buying them. And yeah. then you find out at the end. And I don't even know if we can give it away. Oh, no, let's not. Here's the because deal. it's one of those moments that when you're watching the show and you find out where they come from, you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, like, here's the thing. I, wa- I started watching the show a couple weeks ago. Got sidetracked with a couple others that I had to like get in. Like I had to get an unorthodox in there and uh, watch some te- teenage bounty hunters. Like I had to get some under the belt, but I was watching Ted Lasso and I always was like, I got to go back and watch that again. And today I had some time. So I, I just unpacked episode eight, nine and 10 and episode eight is amazing, but what happens again in episode eight? Which one is that one? Because I, I saw eight, them all kind of over. Episode eight is where he's trying to deal with the fact that he had a one night stand the night before. And he had this full oh, breakdown yeah. over his divorce and the diamond dogs, as he calls them, like is basically his team to come up with stuff is there. And is like, you know, roughest team captain walks in to have a conversation with them. And he's like, I'm calling the diamond dogs. And he's like, oh, my God, what's happening here? But he also has such a lovely relationship with Keeley, played by Juno Temple. Uh, yeah, Juno Temple. And honestly, I, I, I don't know. Like, I instantly love Ted I love his relationship with, with Ke- like Keeley. She's, they're so good together because, like, she's dating, like, his star footballer. And he's, like, such a little, like, asshole. Yes. But she's smart. And then, like... And I love her relationship with the boss lady, too, the way that she, like, enforces them to be friends. And, yes. Like, 
it's and and she's such a supportive and like unexpected female strong female character like she takes what you would normally think is a weak character and that's the girlfriend of a footballer and he cheats on her and you know like she she's a a bit of a a social media like kind of queen influencer yeah and she takes that and turns it into this career with the help of this other woman and she's so smart and delightful she's a really powerful character love her love her like oh i just love okay so if you haven't heard of ted lasso for some reason it's about an american football coach but like a high school american football coach who is also like literally American football, not yes, soccer, not which soccer. Is football in Europe, who is hired to come coach a premier football soccer league, premier league, right? Like, yeah, like the, the like professional league. Yes. In England. And everyone calls him a wanker. Everybody is rooting against him. He's really just there to piss off. The, the new owner's ex-husband. It's everything yeah, so like, is against him. The woman who owns the the football league, she's in a nasty divorce with her very rich husband, and she's very rich. And somehow, the way that it's split up, she has his football team. And that's the one thing that he loves. So she's decided that she's going to – hire like because this is for the north americans who is most of our audience let's be honest um they are it's it's like soccer right and she hires a football coach for a soccer team so it's just ridiculous on the face of it um but rather funny because in her mind she thinks he's going to fail she's hired the worst possible person for this job and she really wants him to fail because she wants her ex-husband to suffer while he watches his football team get like just horrible coaching but then it just turns out this man is so goddamn lovable and he never stops trying he works hard he never stops trying he's he just will never give up and the the he doesn't even really understand the game like ever in the season he doesn't understand soccer but he understands coaching i mean all again this is another one where every character is amazing they're all doing exactly what they need to do but ted lasso is how long did jason sudeikis work on this role like he's so damn perfect He's got to win, right? He's like, so he's damn win, perfect. Right? I think he created this this show too, and like he's created. Uh, oh no, I lied. Brendan Hunt, Joe Kelly, and Bill Lawrence. He's just the star. I no one I honestly could not have been better cast. He's made to be Ted Lasso. But but he's gonna win this Golden Globe, right? Like best comedy. Who actor? else could? I mean, I, come on. In a million years, I don't know who else could. Like, I'm I, I don't I don't know how to describe his performance. It's like penultimate optimism with a southern twang. Like I You know what he really is? He like is. plays he embodies the soul of 
what Americana at its heart really is. You know, like he is what it means to be American. He That's represents apple pie. Like he feels like the anti should not be in London. Yeah. But yeah. he wins over everybody. And he'll win over your heart in the first. Like, I know it took you a couple episodes, Ivana. It, I, I warmed up to him in the first five minutes. I was so excited. For me, uh, the first episode did not capture me. But by the time I saw episode two, Blake and I, like, I'd heard um, our friend Matt, who has another podcast. Uh, we heard him talk. I heard him talking about it on his podcast. And he was saying how great it was. And I thought, OK, if he likes this show, I need to give it another shot. Uh, I went back. I watched the second episode and I was hooked. That was it. Absolutely. Like it's. It is so hard not to love this show. Anyway, that after today, number one with a bullet. I mean, it could be Mythic Quest tomorrow. I don't know. Mythic Quest is so good. Like. I don't know. Mythic Quest is so good too, but they're so they're both so good. They're, they're both two so fantastic good. shows. That's what I'm saying. Like my top three were strong. Like Unorthodox, Mythic Quest, and Ted Lasso. Had a hard time. Had a hard time with the the bottom ones trying to figure it out. But okay, we got a task ahead of us, like nobody's business. Yeah. Well, okay. So I think that Mythic Quest should be our total number one because it's number two on both our lists i feel like that's an easy um, an easy slot right there all right yeah and you know i'm not gonna fight you on that you know it because i still have a little bit like maybe it should still be number one <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, um i think we gotta work backwards like to on this thing I, I think we're going to just jump around a lot. I'm going to say that we should keep I May Destroy You at number 10. It's not on your list at all, but you have to admit it's an important film. And therefore, I think, you know, that it should. Yeah, I'm OK with that. I, I like I said, I, I I didn't get to it, but I I certainly understand its appeal and the way you described it. It seems very important. Okay, well, what yeah. else do we have in common? Like, what about Ted Lasso? You have it at four. I have it at one. Maybe it should be number two. Yeah, I'm down for that. Ted Lasso at number two sounds good. And then I can I can give you Dave at number three. Oh, that would be amazing. Uh, all right, so your unorthodox is, is pretty high up there. Mine's low. Do we have anything else that's, like, sort of middle of the road? Like, what about Teenage Bounty Hunters? Should that be Teenage Bounty Hunters? Maybe we can make. Well, you, where do you have Unorthodox again on your list? Minus three, and for you it's seven. So I'm kind of thinking Teenage Bounty Hunters put it for at you. Four. Oh, we could put it at four. I'm okay with that. I think that, and then what if we put Teenage Bounty Hunters after that? Yeah, yeah. We both loved it. You know, followed it. by Queen's Gambit. Okay. All right. I mean, this is just coming together like. Nothing it's else coming together. Easy peasy. Yeah. All right. Let's take a look uh, at some upload. I think what about upload for number nine? Because like oh I feel like gosh, you liked it. I forgot about upload. Yes. Why do we have uploaded actually at number seven? Because you have it way low and I have it way high. OK, fair. Yep. Yep. And then number eight. 
you did not enjoy the haunting of Bly Manor. Let's just take that one off. Uh, I didn't oh, wow. see okay. Betty. Yeah. I did not enjoy the flight attendant. It wasn't for me, so maybe the flight attendant off. Yep, that's fine. I'm okay with that. Uh, we have a lot of overlap. We may not be able to kick that much off. Um, well, what else you, do you found Dash like? and Lily to be a delight. Perhaps Dash and Lily stays at number nine. Yeah, I'm good with Dash and Lily at number nine. That's a lovely show. Because we're not putting the Babysitter's Club. So uh, why don't we put Betty at eight? Because Betty, to me, sounds really interesting. Um, and I didn't. I think Betty is better than Babysitters Club, but I would also be willing to move Dash and Lily to the eight position. I may destroy you to number nine and leave uh, Babysitters at ten, because I know a lot of people love Babysitters. But I also think Betty is really great, okay. and I think that if you were to watch Betty, though, it would be at max a ten for you. You know what I mean? So right. I think Babysitters Club has more universal appeal and, and is like. You had mentioned you saw it a lot of places. I did. I, I sure did. And I, I think that it's also like a great update of a, of a series. So I'm, I like this. This is a good list, I think. And Betty could live like unofficially at number 11. You know what I mean? I know. I understand what you're saying. Okay, let's count it down. Number 10, The Babysitter's Club. Number 9, I May Destroy You. Number 8, Dash and Lily. Number 7, Upload. Number six, The Queen's Gambit. Number five, Teenage Bounty Hunters. Woo! Number four, <laughs> Unorthodox. Number three, Dave. Number two, Ted Lasso. And the number one best television show of 2020, Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet. Holy crap, we did it. Crazy sons of bitches, we did it. You know what? We had a lot of overlap this year. A lot. You know what? I think we're going to have a lot of overlap on our movies as well. I think we're getting closer in our brain. Like, we're not always on the same wavelength, but we're getting closer. It's a weird thing since we've been off each other's wavelengths forever. You have completely switched me over in, like, the television, like, weekly episode drop or, like, not the whole thing all at once. You've completely convinced me. I am coming around. I'm realizing that maybe you were right all along. It's pretty scary. I cannot believe it. But hey, the first one you really like got into is also the best show on television right now with WandaVision. Like, I mean, maybe when it's like crap TV, it won't be as impactful. But WandaVision is so damn good that... It's week so damn good. Is, week to week is just like, I want more right now. Why do I not have more? I love that I have to wait. I love that I have to wait. It's just so good. And that's our show. Thank you so much for listening. And please be sure to tune in again next time. If you'd like to support the show, you can hop on to your podcast service and subscribe. And if you're already feeling generous, why not score us a quick rating or review? Our intro song comes from bensound.com, and we encourage you to check out our show notes for more information about our music, our talented voice actors, and our sound effects. Ivana and I love hearing from you, so we actually built a website on how you can reach us. It's at morethemovies.net. But in case you hate websites, we also have email. Hello at morethemovies.net. Find us on Facebook, More Than Movies Podcast. 
Or catch us on Twitter. I'm at It's Ivana. I'm at Jester J. Thanks again for spending some time with us. We'll be back again in two weeks with an all-new commercial-free episode. And until next time, friends. Do more. And watch more.